uh, welcome to the Traveling Designer Podcast. Uh, my name is Rick, and um, thank you for everyone for listening. It's been a while as usual, and Happy New Year. This is uh, I'm actually recording this. I believe it's January third. So, uh, you know, usually I start out by kind of saying kind of what I've been up to over the last since the last one. But to be honest, man, I don't even remember. It's been. To make it's been a long time between between episodes and a lot's gone on. Plus, I think um, it's kind of uh, my the topic kind of fits what I've been up to. So I figured we're going to skip that and just kind of jump right into things and get to uh, episode seven's topic. And that's you know a question that I've gotten from people or maybe insinuated through people that um, who aren't RVers that I get by maybe the questions they ask me or or uh, things of that nature is what's it really like to be an RVer, which maybe seems a little strange, but you know, um, I think that's something that a lot of people, you know, want to know or are curious about. I mean, first of all, I mean, I think, first of all, I would say there's, I think there's a certain amount of people out there who think, um, basically what that means is you're homeless or you're on vacation all the time. And really it's, uh, really none of those things at all. Um, either of those things, so, uh, I mean, first off, I should probably say, you know, there's a million ways, you know, to be an RVer, you know, you could be a, you know, full-time or part-time, you can have a thousand dollar rig or a hundred thousand dollar rig. You can be a boondocker. You can go from RV park to RV park. Um, you can stay in your rig all year round. You know, some people like, you know, to mix it up and, you know, maybe, uh, get out of your rig for a little bit, a little bit, do an Airbnb or whatever, visit, visit family. Some people, you know, stay in one place for a long time. Others move around all the times. So, you know, some people stay, you know, three months and then go to somewhere else and and such. So there's, yeah, there's a bunch of different ways to do it. There's no right or wrong. Um, so I think, you know, regardless of your style, you know, I do believe there's a couple of things all RVers can agree on. And uh, one of them is there's really never a boring day. You know, there's really never or a normal, normal day, it seems, you know, and whenever you think, you know, there is that, you know, like the RV gods def definitely change that, you know, I think as an RVer, um, you need to be flexible, both in the way that you travel and in the way that you see the world. Um, if you don't have flexibility, uh, you're really going to struggle, I think, sometimes with uh, your day-to-day -day life. You have to, you know, be ready for opportunities, you know, you could think you're going down one road and all of a sudden another opportunity opens up and next thing you know, you're, you know, someone gets a hold of you and you're traveling with people or going in a completely different direction. So I think I've said this before and on other episodes and my only motto is my only plan is not to have one. So I think that's a good way to go about it because, you know, there's always, you know, you might think you're going to have the normalest day in the world and you get up and your whole day is thrown for a loop, you know, either good or bad. So I think it's kind of good to be able to be ready to have an organic experience. So anyway, I think what I was going to try to do for this one is this to try to give maybe, um, an ebb and a flow of what it is like to be an RVer. And, you know, the only thing I can really do is, is I guess, tell my story. You know, I, just, like I said, there's no right or wrong. People do it many different ways, but I thought I, you know, since it's the beginning of this year and I'm kind of reflecting on last year that I might just kind of hopefully in a somewhat interesting way, just kind of go through what my year was like. 
and kind of where I was going and who I was seeing and those kinds of things. And you can, like I said, and some of the things that happened in between. And I think that can really kind of get a sense for what it's sort of like to be an RVer. Um, first of all, before I get started on that, I'll, the other thing I should say is, uh, or kind of define, I guess, what kind of RVer I am. I guess I'm more on the, the lower budget RVer side. You know, my rig isn't, is a little bit older. Um, not as nice as a lot of others. Um, I, this year, this past year, anyway, I would say I mostly boondocked, um, more than doing RV parks and those kinds of things. Um, and I don't always spend actually this year, man, I didn't spend a ton of time in my rig. You know, I was there, you know, I had, I guess the beginning of the year and the end of the year, I was kind of, um, well, kind of the, you know, late winter and then late fall I was visiting family was not in my rig actually we'll get to I'll get to where I'm at currently but I haven't been in my rig now for a little while and getting ready to and I'm super excited so you know so I do like to to mix it up and not always be you know in my camper all the time so um other thing I'll say before we go into is you know um a great obviously the our the RV community do a great job of of blogging um and YouTube channels, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. So you can kind of maybe define what kind of RVer you think you might want to be and or think that you are if you're interested and start to kind of look for, um, yeah, look for videos, um, bloggers, Instagrammers who kind of fit the style of living you think you find interesting and could fit your needs. And I think that could help a lot too. So, so to kind of get started, um, the tail end of 2018, I was in Washington state and I was, um, I became part of the escaper group that previous year and they have their big annual event in Lake Havasu, Arizona in January. So right after the holidays, um, my whole plan was to go down there and that, um, was like the third week of January. So after I decided to do that, um, they also do New Year's thing in Courtside, Arizona, which I missed this year, but I kind of heard about that. I thought that'd be kind of interesting. And then at the same time as well, I had a friend who was, uh, asked me if I want to be part of a movie set on a movie. So all of a sudden there was all these things that were, there were happening. So right after the holidays, I, I drove, um, from straight from Washington to Arizona in my camper, which, you know, took me like, I think four days or three and a half, which is a lot for driving a 27 foot camper. I got there, I hung out with people in the middle of the desert for New Year's Eve and huge bonfire and people all over and big party. Hung out there for a couple of days, drove to the other side of Quartzsite where I was on a movie set for a week, which was super cool. And maybe I'll talk more about that in another episode. Um, I don't know how much I can say or not say at this point. It's been almost a year. But, but that was really cool. I basically got to see how a movie was made. Um, might be a chance that I'm in a little bit of the movie or maybe my rig might be in the movie. But uh, it was very interesting and very cool. And that was for a week. And then I ended up going back to where I was before for a couple of days. And then I started going towards Lake Havasu. And in between, I met up with a few friends, the RV geeks. And I got to meet... Um, 
the Morton's on the move and the driving and vibing people. So if you're definitely someone who is interested in YouTube channels, you got to check all those people out because they do, they have amazing channels. And if you really, another great resource was a TV show that just came out. This will be my little plug for the episode that Morton's on the move and the, and the RV geeks are in. They're the two of the stars. I think there's four, four family or four set up, you know, four sets of people. And they, you, and it gets kind of into the weeds a little bit. You kind of get into the, some of the technical stuff. So that's super cool. And it's on um, PBS, the Discovery Channel, Amazon, Apple, everywhere you can find it. And my parents' business, the family business, we have an RV awning business, which I've probably brought up before. Um, we are a sponsor and we're helping out. And Tyler, the person who does kind of our helps with our day-to-day with my sister, Christy, got to be in an episode. I think it was episode five, the second to last so that's super exciting. So if you, yeah, if you want to definitely get into um, getting to know some of the technical parts about RVing, check out that TV show. It's really cool. So then from there, I went to Lake Havasu for for the annual bash, the Escapers group. And that's always a tough thing to, to explain to people. It's the closest thing to being in college as an adult past college, you know, there's an entire week of activities. Um, like during the week people work, but at nighttime there's, you know, there's dance parties and margarita throwdowns and, and people making food and potlucks. And, you know, we have theme nights and there's, you know, there's a, I mean, it's just, it's crazy. You know, it's a crazy week. You know, it's, you know, people say there's no community in RVing, but I mean, it's amazing like this, party that occurs and you know we played kickball i mean the the last night was a was a pretty much like a rave i mean it was it's insane and then whenever i try to tell people i really don't think they quite get <laughs> they don't quite get what it is what it's all about but it's you know f- i think last year was maybe 500 people so like you know 300 some rigs all of uh, full-time RVers who get together and uh, hang out for the week. So that was my first experience doing the annual bash. Then after that, so um, a bunch of us, we probably had 40 rigs. We moved up to another place in Lake Havasu and just like hung out, you know, kind of mellowed out a little bit, you know, and we all, you know, public land, still free camping. People come, people go. A lot of people were going towards Mexico for another escapers event. So I was one of the last people to, to leave that little part of Lake Havasu and the group just kind of got smaller and smaller. And, you know, I guess that was kind of, you know, kind of a regular, you know, as regular as things get, you know, I get up, I, I work, um, we might have somebody, we might do like a happy hour or get together and do something small, go for a walk, you know, and then it's just kind of, you know, it's winter time, still gets dark early. So Netflix and that kind of thing. So it's pretty normal. So then a small group of us started heading south and there's like, it kind of seems like there's kind of a pilgrimage in Arizona when you're traveling in, in the wintertime and we went to a beautiful place called Kofa first and there's some awesome hiking and it's another free place to, to camp and I think there was like four rigs. There wasn't many there. It was a small group and that was, you know, a pretty quiet four or five days, which was kind of nice. You're kind of recouping, you know, recuperating from being social a lot and then I ended up, this is kind of cool. I ended up leaving early and I went to another place called the American Girl Mine, which is just, uh, it's near Yuma. 
Arizona, but in California. And I went to go meet up with the RV geeks and some of their friends for a night. So I was, I pulled in and I parked and we, I think we, we went hung out in the sand dunes and hung out for a night. All those people rolled out that next day. But then on the other side of me, other rigs started rolling of, of other friends of mine. So we got, you know, we had like a Super Bowl party in the, in the desert. And I went from, you know, two rigs, to four rigs. And I spent about two and a half, maybe 16 days. I think it's 16 days there. And then by the time, you know, at full capacity, there was 20 to 30 rigs of people that I all knew um, all around. And, you know, again, you know, we some nights, you know, I wouldn't really hang out and see many people. But usually we always had, you know, a walk at three or four o'clock. Every couple of days, we do a happy hour around the bonfire. You know, sometimes, you know, we get together and, you know, with one other friend and watch a movie. You know, we had a couple bonfire nights and other things. We did some off-roading, went into in the town, um, did all kinds of things. So it was, you know, it's, it's cool. Still got my work done, still able to socialize. And then from there, the kind of group kind of split. I decided to kind of do my own thing. I, at that time I spent 16 days in that one spot, which was, you know, not, not much is really around there. So I really started to get an itch to have a vehicle. You know, I have a 20, I have a 27 foot camper, really hard. Like if I have to do anything, I have to pack everything up and I have to drive that thing wherever I go. So I was kind of asking friends about the whole idea of, um, of towing a vehicle. So my parents have a house in, in Mesa. I was told them I was going to go visit them. So I, uh, drove up to Mesa, took two days to get to Mesa and started kind of looking into the whole thing of buying a vehicle, towing a vehicle, what, you know, what kind of vehicles can I tow, all that kind of stuff. And uh, over the process of about six weeks, you know, I figured it all out. I ended up buying a, an older model Jeep Liberty. Um, don't want to talk too much about it. didn't work, really work out for the best, but I still have it. Still doing good. Actually had some frame damage to it, which is like the worst thing that could, that could possibly happen to have for a vehicle because you're t- you need the frame to be able to tow the vehicle down the road. So anyway, got some of that stuff fixed. Didn't work out the way I needed to because I ended up having to, I was on my way to, to go to Moab to go to another convergence for the escapers and basically had to drive to Moab without the car. I hung out in Moab for 10 days, you know, again, hung out with a bunch of friends and had a good time. Um, got to see some snow and then drove back to Mesa to get, uh, to get the car and get the, the rest of the towing stuff put on my camper so I could tow the Jeep. So which is, you know, you kind of, you, you kind of take it for what it is. And it's kind of funny. I, first time I towed my vehicle, I was, I was like, all right, I'm going to go. There's a really, really pretty campground in Mesa, outside Mesa, uh, near my parents' house. And I was like, all right, I'm going to tow the car there and camp out for the night, kind of just get a feel for it, see how it goes and then camp out there, leave the next day. So I'm, you know, driving to the campground right when I pull into my spot, it's just, I could smell, it just smoke everywhere. I could smell radiate, you know, the radiator fluid coming out. And it was just, it was like a waterfall. So that set me back. That's one of those things where I could say, go with the flow. Um, ended up what happening was my fan came dislodged 
and severed my radiator. Everything poured out. So I ended up finding a mobile guy who could come and fix it in a couple of days. So I ended up spending three or four nights there. But it was kind of cool. I got to go to a Cubs. You know, this was when baseball season was starting. Cubs were in Arizona. I got to see a Cubs game. So, you know, like I said, you have to kind of roll with the punches there. So I tried to, to make it a positive thing. Set me back three or four days. But I really didn't have any plans. I was on my way to Sedona and Flagstaff. So I was like, that's all fine. So get it fixed. Start to get out of town, drive up to, uh, Sedona was, I was going to hang out for a couple of days. I get about two hours in and it starts overheating on me again. So I pulled over, let it cool down, add fluid, drive, do that like three times. I knew where I was going to go. It was a, a boondocking spot off the highway. I'm thinking I can at least get there. And then I can, I think, cause I believe it was Saturday or Sunday, you know? So I was like, not many people are going to be able to help me out. So I just get off of my off ramp and the, and for the third time, I, it's, it starts to overheat and it stalls. So the first time I ever take unhook my car is I'm doing it as it's sticking off the, you know, the on ramp or people driving, I'm trying to unhook it as fast as I can. So no one gets too mad or hits me. So that was my first experience of unhooking my vehicle for the first time. And, but Ended up letting my camper cool down. I get it to a spot. I go get the Jeep. I bring it back. End up finding a, a mobile guy to come out two days later. So I got put, you know, I had my Jeep. So that's pretty awesome. So I was able to go do some stuff and they come and checked it out and told me what was going on. And I won't get into the, the weeds of all of that. But they said, oh, yeah, this, we have one other thing that we can't do here. You got to bring it to our shop, which is in Cottonwood. So I took it to the shop. They told me it'd be about a two hour job. It took two weeks to fix the camper. I've, uh, I can't imagine not having my Jeep for that because, um, I mean, I went all over Cottonwood. I went to Sedona. I actually even went up to Flagstaff for a couple of times and even stayed at a hotel. It was, it was very, it was a frustrating two weeks. You know, they kept saying, oh yeah, it'll be, it'll get done. Or they couldn't figure out what was going on. I mean, I even slept in that thing, I don't know, four or five nights in, you know, while the, my rig was still, you know, in the shop. So talking about, you know, having to, to have some patience and, and go with things. I, you know, I was almost thinking, all right, I'm just, I live here now. I now live in, in Cottonwood, Arizona. But they got me back on the road two weeks later, two weeks and one day later. And I drove up to Flagstaff to a place I scouted out where actually there were some people up there that I knew and uh, hung out there for a while. And it was kind of cool because while one time while I was driving around with uh, nothing to do because I was waiting for my camper to get fixed, I drove to a brewery in a random town kind of near um kind of near Cottonwood, ran into some people that I knew who told me about the Overlander thing up in Flagstaff, which is uh, kind of all these cool rigs, mostly like Jeep setups with the tents on top and everything. And he was helping out with the, with the volunteering. So he's like, hey, you should volunteer. So I was able to go and do that. And I hung, actually hung out in Flagstaff for quite a while. It was a bizarre. I got up there. It was nice. Ended up snowing and it had two of the coldest days I've had in a while up there, just snow and cold. And I mean, I was wearing, I was wearing gloves while I was working. It was that cold. So that lasted three or four days. And then 
it got nice again and I got to hang out in Flagstaff, which I really enjoy. I, re I really enjoy Flagstaff immensely. Um, kind of a bittersweet. Some things happened when I was there. Not Nothing related to Flagstaff for my travels. There's other things that kind of um, put a damper on things, but you know, um, it was a good time. I met some good people. I got to hang out with some friends. I got to meet some new people. I spent probably about six weeks there. And then I was uh, trekking to go from, to see friends in Durango. So did the trip from Flagstaff to Durango. I think it took me two days. I stayed at a random place in between and got to hang out with some friends. Uh, actually saw some more escaper friends, some travel friends that I didn't know were gonna be there. Got to go have a beer with them. Did some little bit of off-roading with my Jeep and drove up, you know, up, up the mountain towards like Oray and that was a you know fun trip. I stayed at, actually stayed in a RV park for a couple of nights, and like the people there were super nice. It felt like you were like one of their family. You get up every day and take the dog for a walk, and they would ask me what I was going to do today. And you know some of the cool things about RVing is the people you meet. And um, one of the guys there who was running the place was helping me with a couple issues I had in my camper, so he helped me with that. It was a good experience, and got to see some of my old Boulder friends. So it was a really good time. And then I went from there to um, Salida, Colorado, where I was, uh, where there was another event that I was going through through Escapers. You can kind of see a pattern here of, you know, of the community that I've started to hang out with. And they had a, an event for the 4th of July. So I got there a few days early. We, you know, got to catch up with some people I haven't seen for a few months. Got to hang out in Salida for a week over 4th of July where we got to be in a parade and that was a lot of fun and just like hung out in the mountains for a week. And then basically we split into two groups after and basically went, hung out. It was up in the hills in Slida and near Buena Vista where I spent like another two weeks where basically I got to wake up every day to mountains all around me. It was, yeah, it's, it's really, a, it's a hard life. <laughs> and I kind of went with the chill people, the people who weren't partying all the time and doing stuff and just kind of had like a chill experience and, you know, think I still had some issues with my camper again, another running theme. I actually, the stupid thing that I did this time was I was on my, I had to go to the dump station and somehow I still haven't figured this out. My tow bar on my camper came dislodged and it was dragging along the road. And essentially like I just banged up a bunch of parts and I had to get some parts replaced before I could tow my vehicle again. But whatever, it was cool. It was fine. Got it fixed. Ended up putting my camper into storage in Buena Vista after a couple of weeks of being up in the mountains. Drove down to Boulder and hung out in Boulder and Denver for about 10 days. I got to see my old friends and stay up. Got to stay in the mountains with a friend of mine and got to start to see everybody, which is fun. Drove back up the mountain, picked up my camper went to a music festival with some travel friends for the, for a four day weekend or a three day weekend, um, which was one of the highlights of my summer. It was so much fun. Got to camp out, see a wide variety of music, met some new friends, which was super great. Went, put my camper back in storage, went back down to Boulder and Denver where I hung out for another little while and got to do a quick excursion to Alaska and then came back, you know, grabbed my camper and then started heading towards Washington. So that was, this was a beginning of September. So those two weeks, you know, talk about like not 
everything is fun and games was the two, probably the toughest two weeks of traveling I've had in a long time. So it was, you know, end of August, beginning of September, I'm in the mountains. And when I was coming up over, there's a huge pass called Wolf Creek Pass. When I was coming from Durango to Salida, it's a huge pass in my car or my camper with my car. I was going about 11 miles an hour and I wasn't think I wasn't quite sure if I was going to make it or not. So this time, you know, I didn't really have a plan. I was just kind of solely making it going to make it back to Washington. And I basically decided to just to do what the quickest route to get the easiest route to get out. Um, I didn't want to go through Denver. There was a couple other passes. I didn't, I didn't really want to go. So I didn't, I decided just to go, I could go up and over hit 70, just head West. You know, I was kind of thinking about going north, maybe going to Yellowstone, the Tetons, where some people were. But it's like, all right, I, I can have fun and do whatever wherever I go. I'm just going to get out the easiest that I can get out. So I decided to head west and go through Utah. And I didn't really think about the fact that, man, it's still hot, really hot in Utah at the end of August. I made it outside Salt Lake City in a couple of days, and it was 97 degrees like it was so hot. It was too hot to stay. It was too hot to drive. Um, it was pretty miserable. So one day, actually, I drove up to, uh, we went up to Park City, which was a lot of fun. And it was, you know, 80s instead of 100s. But then my can't, or my um, my Jeep broke down on the way down. But miraculously, it happened at 3 o'clock on a Saturday. And I found someone to fix it in like, during that period of time, which is kind of amazing because everything was getting ready to, you know, by the time I got it down halfway down the mountain, it was almost four. You know, I met some, again, people, you know, people helping you out, man. It was just, uh, it's amazing. One person directed me to another person who, you know, actually came and wasn't working, but I called the guy and he came with his dad actually and fixed it for me so I could get back on, back down to get back to my home again. So that was super cool. So then from, I spent a few days in the spot and finally it's like, I have to get out of here. It's, it's so hot, so miserable. My dog was, was suffering and went to a couple of harvest hosts, this heading, you know, heading towards uh, Idaho. And again, super hot. I stayed at a farm and I stayed at a winery. Um, both great. I love harvest host. If you don't know much about it, you should Google it. If you want to do some RVing, two things about wineries and farms, flies. So not only is it a hundred degrees and I'm trying to, you know, keep the doors open and air things out. There are flies everywhere. There are just, there are flies literally everywhere. And while I was at the uh, driving to the second place, the winery, I started hearing some weird noises when I was driving from behind somewhere in in the cat or behind me. And I think what ended up happening was I was using, and I was a couple of times back, I was, I, I was in way too much shade because I was trying to get shade. I didn't, wasn't getting enough solar and I pretty much fried my inverter. So now it's hundred degrees. I've got 75 to hundred flies living with us and I can't charge up my, like my computer because I fried my inverter. So that was a little disappointing. And, you know, and I was like, all right, we just got to get back. So ended up getting to Boise where my camper was making a bunch of noise, but still driving. Cause so had two good days in Boise. 
got to hang out. I really love that town. Um, didn't really, you know, went to, went to a couple breweries, just relaxed. It was, we went from nineties to seventies and then I got myself back to, back to Washington and out of my camper, I was ready to, to burn that thing by the time I got back. And, um, so, so basically what ended up happening was I decided it was finally time to part ways with, with the camper that I've had for three years. Um, over the summer, I got tickets to go to Mexico, which is happening relatively soon. And I really didn't want to take that set up to Mexico anyway. So I had in the back of my mind about getting a small rig of some kind to, um, to travel to Mexico with, because I just couldn't imagine driving my 27 foot camper with my Jeep through Mexico or it just seemed like that was just not a good idea at all. So when I got back to Washington and I kind of assessed everything, my dog was already pretty stressed out about my camper as it was. I decided it was best to part ways. So I started, you know, thinking about, all right, what do I want to do next? I already had the Jeep. So I know I wasn't sure if I had enough time, money, energy to like get a new rig and get a new and get a new vehicle. So um, I started looking into fiberglass campers and basically realized essentially, I don't know if I could get away with anything bigger than a 13 foot. So um, I ended up finding a scamp, which is, uh, if you don't know what scamps are, they're just a basic, a very tiny fiberglass camper. They started about 13 feet. There's a 13 foot, I think a 16 and they go bigger. Hard to find. Really hard to find. There's a couple of fiberglass websites out there where there's classifieds and such. Uh, ended up finding one in Tucson, Arizona, and started talking back and forth with a woman who was selling it and ended up dry, or flying from Washington to Phoenix, rented a car, went out to Tucson, and I bought myself a 1982 13-foot scamp. So I uh, bought that, got a really good deal on it, ended up it was already in a storage facility. Ended up just leaving it there. Came back to Washington. Um, this was in October. So it sat there until I drove out to to Arizona here just recently. So I spent um, another couple, another six weeks or so in, in Washington. And then beginning of December, right after my birthday, drove to uh, Arizona which was an eventful trip as well as my poor dog. He had to have emergency surgery on the third day and she uh, wasn't sure if she was going to make it, but she is still alive and kicking and doing really well. But it's a scary time. Got to Arizona, went out to Tucson, grabbed the camper and have been working on the camper now for the last like three weeks. And I'm actually getting ready to, to leave tomorrow. So, and we're into 2020. So I guess that's like the 10 minutes. I don't know what that was. The 10 minute elevator speech of my, of my year. So, um, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Like kind of, as I was talking, it seemed like it was a lot of negative things, even though, yeah, it was a really difficult year, but a lot of good things happened too. I am kind of happy that uh, it is a new year, but, um, yeah, it was a difficult year in a lot of ways, but I think, um, all those things, you know, there's so much good that comes out of, of all the, you know, maybe not so good things that happen. You know, I met, you know, my camper breaks down, but you know, there's someone there who helps you and 
you know, I got to meet all kinds of other people because all of a sudden I wasn't in my camper for two weeks and I was, you know, doing a lot of things and spending a lot of time in one little community. So you definitely have, like I said, I mean, I think you can kind of see the ebbs and flows of, of things that, that happen when you travel and you really have to, you know, kind of just release yourself and allow whatever happens is going to happen. You know, because if you don't, you're, I know it's, it can really get to be a struggle if you're going to try to control like what's, you know, like your routine every day. But what's the fun of that? You know, I think it's, it's fun to wake up and not know, you know, what's going to happen from day to day. You know, like I've, like I said, I haven't been in my camper now since, geez, it's been like since September. And, um, you know, it's, it can get kind of I mean, what I consider the normal life can, can get somewhat boring. So yeah, I'm, even though I'm a little nervous about my new home, cause it's, super small. Um, I think there's a lot that I like about downsizing even more and, and having an easier way of, of, of transporting myself. You know, it's going to be easy. This, I have the Jeep and a small camper. It's going to be easy, but there's a little bit of, you know, nervousness about it, but I'm super excited just to get back on the road and figure it all out and see, you know, see what's going to happen this year. You know, so far this year I've got, you know, I'm going to be in court sites, um, and a couple actually tomorrow and then have a suit for the annual bash. And then I'm going to be in Mexico and still have plans to be in Bishop, California, and then Wyoming in June. So I have a couple of points that I have got coming up for my year. And, uh, you know, I'm not really sure what's going to happen in between there. You know, I've, part of me wants to go down to San Diego. Um, I just had a friend move to San Luis Obispo. So that's a possibility. Or I have, a, you know, friends in Tucson where I might go to. So, you know, it's kind of exciting to like have a general idea. Maybe I always like to have a general idea of which direction I'm going, you know, just to kind of point me somewhere, keep, you know, get me going one direction. But it's kind of nice to, uh, to have that flexibility and not really know what's going to happen you know, be quite honest, I don't know where I'll be in a week, you know, so it's kind of, um, it's always, that's something that's always exciting for me and something that's exciting you get to do as a, as a traveler. So hopefully that wasn't too boring to kind of, but the whole idea was to kind of say, just to kind of give the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows of, of being an RVer and give someone an idea who might be thinking about it or on the fence about, you know, roughly like kind of sort of kind of what it's like, you know, um, Definitely people with maybe nicer rigs with more money might have, even though I've heard stories about them, you know, having all kinds of different kinds of breakdowns and stuff as well. I mean, things just happen, you know, that's just kind of the way it goes when you're, when you're moving around that much. But, um, I would never would want to deter anyone. I think it's a beautiful way to live and there's, you know, it's beautiful, exciting. It is, uh, a lot of good people out there, a lot of good community too, as well. So maybe we'll, at some point do an episode about talking about RVing and the community around it. Cause it's a good one. So that's um, my time for, for this episode. Um, I usually, I like to do a quote at the end of one, this one, I don't know if it's a quote. I was, you know, I always try to take some notes and an outline of what some stuff. And here I have something that says life begins at the end of your comfort zone, which I don't know where that came from. If that's a quote, and I didn't put who wrote, who said it, or well, but I think that's really that's really good. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone, which I think explains the RVing life to a T. You know, like so much happens when you are able to break yourself free from you know get out there and get a little uncomfortable. 
think that's what you got to do to, uh, to, you know, push yourself just a little bit. So that's my time. I, for the small amount of people who hang with me and listen when I do an episode every six months, I appreciate it. And I thank you. And, you know, if you ever have questions, comments, or anything in between, um, there's a variety of ways to get a hold of me. You know, comments, you know, on the blog, social media whatsoever. I'm always be awesome to hear about things people want to, you know, want me to talk about or anything in between. So until next time, um, have a good start to your 2020. All right, bye-bye. to all the episodes and to read my blog go to www.travelingdesigner.co that's www.travelingdesigner.co